Welcome to the Chalk Alive podcast. My guest today is Joelle, who's a writer in Hollywood. You often hear that everyone's got a script in development, but how do you actually get from script to screen for real? Joelle tells us what it's like to be a writer in Hollywood and how she got from dream to reality. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. So you're working in Hollywood right now. Um, uh-huh. Have you always lived in L.A. or did you move from somewhere else? Yeah, um, I was born and raised here. I'm actually very rare that my grandparents were uh, born and raised in L.A., so I'm third generation. My family doesn't do anything with uh, entertainment. I'm the only one. And so, but from an early age, I... Uh, I always loved writing, and uh, and I was shy as a kid, so my parents, you know, did the whole let's break her out of her shell and see if she wants to do acting classes thing. And so I loved um, the combination of those two things. And uh, my grandma, she, she had told me, she's like, you know, there are people that write, you know, movies and television. So at like 10 years old, I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. So you Um, knew very early on. So I knew, yeah, early on. And then, you know, I would write plays for my friends to perform, which I'm sure drove them crazy. And, uh, and then when it came time to going to college, you know, I figured since I wanted to stay in the business, you know, I should probably stay here for school. So I went to Cal State Northridge, which had a really great screenwriting program and just stayed here throughout. And what do you think, since you went to college specifically to work later in Hollywood, do you think that that was extremely valuable now that you've been in? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, for me, the biggest thing was not so much like, you know, being taught how to write because I think that, and for any skill and and entertainment, you know, it's either you're going to gain from experience or you're going to, you know, it's just going to be innate. But the contacts that I made in college, you know, like the friends that I had, we still help each other get jobs and, you know, and, and everything. And so that was extremely valuable. And the biggest thing for me with Northridge was because it was a school in the valley, like right in the heart where all the studios were, part of their curriculum your senior year was you had to have an internship. And that was what led to like me getting, you know, um, my first paid job. And I actually got my first, you know, job in the industry two weeks after I graduated because of those internships. So that that part of it was the most valuable and and I'm really glad that I I did that. So what was your internship? I had great ones. I actually worked for the Mark Gordon company right when Grey's Anatomy was at its height. I was I remember it was like the day uh after they had gone up against CSI for the first time which was like the, you know, the big juggernaut on TV and uh they beat uh CSI and so that was a really big deal. And that was such a great company to work for because they did film and television and, you know, and I got to kind of see both sides. And uh, and then I also worked for uh, Tolan Robbins and uh, their internship was really great because you got to work for the production company for part of the time. And then the other part, they sent you to uh, one of their writer's offices. So I got to work on uh, Smallville and work, you know, in the writer's office and be around all the writers. And that's when I first fell in love with, like, the room and, uh, 
you know, seeing that process and everything. So, so I had, I had really great internships. Yeah. You hit the big time right out of the box. That's amazing. (laughs) And then what kinds of things did they give you real responsibility? And if someone doesn't know, what are those two companies? What, What do they do? Tolan Robbins and Mark Gordon, they are uh, production companies that, you know, they are independent producers that have started their own production company that, you know, they hire writers, directors, and, and then uh, produce shows for both of them were both film and television. And uh, so, yeah, my duties, uh, you know, I mean, it was a lot of getting coffee for the executives and stuff. Uh, Mark Gordon Company, they let the interns sit in on story meetings, which was really exciting. It was every Monday morning, um, the whole office, and it was a small, smaller office, would get together and pitch ideas that they had, you know, read or heard about or writers that have sent them scripts. And then, you know, Mark would go through and, and be like, no, that that's not going to work. Or, yeah, let's bring this writer in or let's bring, you know, let's read that book and see if we can get the rights to it. So, and I did a lot of reading um, at the Mark Gordon Company. You know, I, I probably read three books every week and, you know, between 10 and 20 scripts. So, and I'm, I'm a quick reader, so they, they gave me a lot of stuff to do. So I definitely, you know, I felt very involved and they were really, really great about, you know, having their interns be involved and feel like they're part of the process. Um, And when you say reader, does that mean you were doing coverage for them? Yeah, yeah. So you would read, you know, the the book um, and then or the script and then you would give, you know, kind of a synopsis of what the material was and then, uh, you know, your analysis if you thought it would make a, a good submission based on, you know, if uh, the, based on the characters, the story, you know, and, and kind of its potential. And then uh, when I did that, they sort of had a formula for it. So your coverage, it was, you wrote it, you wrote it out, you presented what the story was in a, in a uh, you know, few paragraphs, what mm-hmm. the potential was, that kind of thing. Is that still what you do? Yeah, that, that was how it was, at least when I had done it um, six or seven years ago is, you know, you gave the like three paragraph synopsis and then um, kind of gave your thoughts on characters, story, structure and and everything. So it was, yeah, it's a set formula that you kind of just got to fill in each time. Now, I'm just curious. So did they pay you during your internship? I didn't. It was unpaid, but you did get, you know, lunches and gas mileage. Um, I think the the greatest day for me at uh, Mark Gordon was sometimes they would have their interns fill in for assistance if uh, they, if the assistant was out sick or had something. And it was like such a, you know, rare honor, like, because they had, you know, um, several, they probably had, you know, between 10 and 12 interns. And so, and I was asked to fill in like the few days before Christmas. So when, when I filled in and to be Mark's assistant and, uh, and when I filled in, I got paid for that. So that was a really, really exciting thing. (laughs) Absolutely. And then did they take just interns that were enrolled in college or did they, or was it open? 
I believe for Tolan Robbins, you it was for college credit. I I think for both of them, actually, you had to you had to do for college. And I had found out about both of them um, on this website called EntertainmentCareers.net, which was like my biggest resource for internships. Like they they post really great ones and a lot of uh, legitimate companies and stuff. So I had gotten both of those through that. And, you know, I had friends in college that had, you know, the the school had provided some, but I think that I definitely, because I went through that website, ended up getting a little bit better of an internship. And so, uh, but yeah, it was, it was for college credit. So doing a bit of your own research and really going after it is what got you these great jobs, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember before I got those internships, I actually, I don't remember where I found this one from, but there was this internship that was uh, an independent producer and it was at his house. And I ended up working there for two weeks and it was just, you know, it didn't feel right. Like, and they had, they, it was just him and his wife and, uh, you know, they, you, you know, wanted me to do usual intern things like fetching coffee, but then they also wanted me to pitch my own ideas and, you know, and it just didn't, it, something didn't feel right about it. And there was a lot of internships like that, that friends had where it was like, you know, an independent producer, um, working out of his house and, and they basically just wanted a, uh, you know, unpaid assistant. And so, um, so there were definitely, you know, ones to watch out for, but the, the, the no ones com- that I- no comparison yeah. to working in a, yeah. in a large production office where you get so much exposure to all different types of things and actually can run into people in the halls. Yeah, yeah, it was really exciting. And the Smallville writer's office was on the Warner Brothers lot. And so it was, you know, it was very exciting to actually be working on a lot, you know, and, and going down to the Starbucks there, uh, you, you know, you would see everyone, you know, on different shows and stuff. So it was, it was great. So after the internship, did that set you up for your first job and what did you do? Yeah. Um, so what had happened was my very, very first job was actually a friend of mine from college. Um, he was working for a game show and they were looking for a production secretary. So he, um, you know, put my name into the the pile and, uh, I ended up working as a production secretary for a week. Literally like I graduated, uh, winter of 06 and then I had gone on a graduation trip. And while I was on the trip, I got a call asking if I could start, you know, the day after I got back from my trip. It was, you know, it was really great. And that was, you know, that was fun um, and very hectic. And then while I was there, um, one of the assistants from uh, one of my internships, he had found out about a job opening up as a post PA for a show. And, uh, and so I sent my resume in and it was funny, the guy that was hiring, he was actually an intern at Tolan Robbins. That was his first job. So we made that connection and, uh, and he hired me. And so, so it, it, describe what a production secretary is first. Um, a production secretary is the one that answers the phones, um, for, uh, you know, whatever production. And so you're the first one in the office, the last one to leave. You're kind of like the liaison, um, you know, for, uh, for the entire office and people that are coming in because it was a game show. 
Um, and so reality, it was, you know, there were a lot of casting submissions. Um, you know, that was probably the biggest thing was just people were constantly calling to try and, um, you know, submit to be a contestant on the show. Um, you know, but the other PAs that were, like the office PAs, they did more of like the stocking office supplies, getting lunches, you know, doing errands. But I was really just the one that was in charge of the phones. And so it sounds like your main goal was really not to work on set, but to be the behind the scenes and then work your way into writing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my, my ultimate goal, um, was to be TV writer. And so, you know, but when you're just starting out, you know, you take any job that you can get, um, because it's all very valuable. And the thing about being a post PA was, um, I probably knew coming out of college the least about post-production because, you know, when you're doing student films, you get, um, you get production experience cause you're on set and, and, you know, and I knew the pre-production process really well, but I knew very, very little about post. And so it was probably the job that I was least suited for, but I gained the most experience from doing it. And what kind of experience would you say was most important with the post job? Um, well, they, you know, they say that the editing is the last rewrite and it really is. I mean, you, you would see stuff that was, you know, because maybe it wasn't shot the best because of budget constraints or, or whatever, you know, and, and the editors would just work magic and, you know, and you would see stuff that wasn't quite working in the script, you know, the way that they would edit it would be able to just completely transform the, the, uh, show And I think, you know, also it's just very valuable to know um, just, you know, the little things of like, you know, what it means to online something or what, you know, color and VFX can add and stuff. So, you know, I learned a lot from that. But yeah, it's a lot of magic and then blood, sweat and tears basically to put the shows together at the end. Post is the thing about post is because you're you're right up against the deadline. It's like everything is you're basically just putting out fires all the time. Like it's not you don't have the luxury of time and you're just correcting mistakes constantly. So it's, you know, working in post production is is probably the toughest job, I think, and and the most thankless because you the hours are long. You know, there's there's just so much that you're just constantly doing. But, um, but for me as a post PA, the thing that was really great, especially more so than being, I think, a, an office PA or, or a set PA is that the creators of the show are constantly in your offices looking at the cuts. So you get the most exposure to the executive producers and the showrunners, um, you know, because you're, you're constantly around them. And so for someone that, you know, their ultimate goal is to be in the writer's office, being a post PA is actually a really great job because you, you get that one-on-one time with the showrunners. Um, Right. And all the executives are right there because they want that finished product. So you get to meet all the powerful people. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, I got to be around so many people as a post PA. Um, and that's actually what led to my first writer's assistant job was, uh, you know, I'd worked in, in post for, uh, for several years. And I actually, after that first job, um, 
an editor that worked on that show referred me to um, to a uh, post supervisor. And I ended up working with her for the next several years because anything she got hired on, she brought me along. And that was wonderful. Um, and so, you know, we worked on several shows together. And uh, uh, one of them, yeah, I got particularly close with the the executive producers enough to the point that I was able to say, hey, so, um, you know, I kind of want to be a writer and, you know, maybe if the show gets a season two, you know, I can, I can come on board, you know, as, as a, as a writer's PA and, you know, and, and he had me send him, um, my, uh, my spec script and he liked it. And so sure enough, when the show got a season two, you know, they brought me uh, in for an interview and I ended up getting the writer's assistant job. So do you think it was important that you actually had something to show them that you'd written? Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, because I think that it's very easy to say I want to be a writer, but unless you have the material to back it up, you know, people aren't going to take it seriously. Um, you need to be able, you know, to to have that material to show them that, you know, you're serious about it. Do they hire? And what do you do as a writer's assistant? Does it involve writing? A writer's assistant, um, it's a really, really interesting job that uh, involves, you know, really specific skill sets. A lot of, you know, friends that want to be writers think that, you know, being a writer's assistant is like the, the most logical step to being a writer. It's very different than writing. It's a lot of organization. It's a lot of, um, you're basically a court stenographer. So a writer's assistant sits in the room, the writer's room with all the writers, and they're in charge of the notes. Um, So you're just writing down everything that is being said in that room. Um, You know, and it's tough because sometimes, you know, people will go into tangents and it's, it's, it's hard to break apart if it's something meaningful or, you know, if, if people are just talking about, you know, their, their date from the night before um, and how that, that'll impact the story. And then at the end of the day, you have, you know, between 20, 30 pages worth of notes that you have to organize into something logical for the writers to read and then, you know, try and make sense of. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, a tough job and it's, um, you know, the plus side of it is you are in the writer's room. And so you do get to be exposed to the, the, you know, story process and, uh, story breaking process. But, you know, oftentimes like your job is not to pitch stories or, or, um, write it's to organize their thoughts. Um, well, and that's not something you ordinarily think of a writer being very good at. So you, exactly. you can imagine that, um, you probably have a lot of writer's assistants that may not like you graduate into actually writing. They might end up going a different route because yeah. that is a, it's specific skill set to be able to organize someone who sort of has that mind. But I think you can have both. There's absolutely no doubt. I think, yeah, there are people. I always joke that I'm a left-handed Virgo so that I have both sides of being, you know, like the creative side, but the Virgo side of me is like very organized, very, you know, particular and stuff. But it is, it's, it's a tough skill that, you know, most writers don't have that, you know, that being organized and stuff. And that's why they need a writer's assistant, you know, and I think that it's also tough I've seen writer's assistants and been in other rooms where they're 
their focus is on being a writer. And so you know, a lot of times they'll try and pitch ideas or, you know, get their, their stuff heard. And then it's, you know, they're not able to organize the notes and that's not, that's not going to benefit anybody. Um, well, it almost makes me wonder if a lot of those writers assistants end up going on to be producers yeah, rather than writers. Um, but writing is definitely sort of the redheaded stepchild because they don't get a lot of appreciation often, yeah. but they do, if you don't have a good story, you don't have anything. So yeah, it all starts with the story, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's, it's writers assistant job is a very, uh, you know, it's funny because so it's so coveted, but yeah, it's, it's a really tough job. I know a lot of staffs that actually try and hire more, like you said, people that want to be producers and stuff, you know, just because it's such a different skill set. But because people that want to be writers want to be in that room, they end up getting that job and wanting that job. So, right. And then in the end, though, what type of writing do you want to do? I love writing anything, um, but I want to be a TV writer. So, and I, I've mainly worked and, and wrote one hour drama. So I guess, you know, that's, that's what I'm focusing on, but yeah. So being in the writer's room really is, is great, you know, um, because it is something that it was aligned with what I want to do. And from there, you know, you do get to meet so many wonderful people. The first staff that I was on, I'm still really close with all those writers. And, uh, you know, one of them, or actually two of them, they ended up being able to run a show a couple of years after that writing staff, and they hired me to be their assistant. And then from there, I was uh, one of their development assistants for a while because he got an overall deal. And that, to me, if you want to be a writer, being a uh, development assistant with a writer that has an overall deal, that is the best job in the world. You get to see what people have written, what, what, what's written well, what's not written well, yeah. and how the process moves along. Yeah, you get to see the process, you know, of what it is like to be a working writer. Um, and you get to see it from both, you know, developing pilots and your own material and working on a show. And it's, you know, in some ways, it's like grad school because you're working one on one with someone that, you know, kind of becomes this, you know, teacher and you get exposed to all of their contacts, all of their talent. But it's also because you're not caught up with a lot of the minutiae of being a writer's assistant and taking notes, you get so much time to work on your own material and you get, you know, a pair of eyes, if you're, if you're fortunate, you know, to, to look at your own material and, and help you with that. So my writing has just improved immensely since I've been working as a development assistant. And so are you pitching your scripts to people now? So, yeah, um, I actually, last year, I had a very uh, prolific year and wrote a lot of material. And one of the scripts that I wrote uh, ended up almost getting sold to a French uh, production company. And so that was a very surreal thing because it was a script that I had written with a friend of mine. 
in Israel. And he and I literally wrote the script through Skype. And, you know, everyone that read it really loved it, but nothing really came from it. And he he's created a few shows over in Israel. So he's a little bit, you know, more established. And he called me one day and he's like, you know, we need to we need to talk because I I pitched our script to a, you know, a producer and they want to buy it. And, you know, and, and I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds made up, but sure, you know, let me know what I need to do. And so, and a couple days later, he's like, okay, they're really serious. Um, you know, they, they want to talk to your agent about negotiating the deal. And at that point I started to freak out because I didn't have an agent, you know? And so I called one of my, uh, you know, writer friends and, and my boss and they both talked to their agents. And within a few hours, um, you know, someone had called me and, and he was like, okay, I know everything about the deal and I'm going to call the producers tomorrow and tell them <laughs> you have people and, you know, and stuff. And it was, it was such a surreal experience because, I had for the past few years been, you know, knocking my brains out to try and get a manager, an agent, anybody to even read my material. And then it literally just took a phone call. Um, From the agent. Yeah. And is that still your agent? Yeah. Um, So he, you know, the the deal ended up not going through, um, but he, you know, sat down with me and stuff and, and talked with me about other projects. Um, and then around the same time, um, uh, friends of mine started a production company and ended up buying a pilot for me to make into a web series. So we, you know, my agent helped me with that deal. And, uh, and then we ended up shooting that web series back in May. And now we're going through uh, post-production and all that stuff. So, it, you know. Um, so a lot of doors started opening, but it was because I, you know, put the time in and, and wrote like crazy last year. But the agent pretty much makes you legit, right? So, and then to get the agent though, you had to actually have something, have either the contacts to get you that agent or something that was in action being pitched, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, I think that the agent kind of gives you more so than being legit, at least for me, it kind of gives you like a security blanket that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm headed in the right direction. Uh, but yeah, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't me submitting anything. It was, I had to get my first job on my own, you know, for, for them to kind of come out and help me. Yeah. It's a little bit chicken and the egg, right? Because, um, an agent is not going to rep you if you have nothing. And then, um, they don't want to work with you don't, if you don't have an agent. So yeah, you, you kind of had that great timing and the scramble yeah. there to the contacts that you made that could get you to exactly where you needed to be. Yeah, exactly. Sides. Yeah. So it's, you know, and it's tough and, and I have friends that are, you know, looking for agents and managers and stuff. And it's, it's really, you have to put the work in first and then people will come to you. And, and like you said, it's a little bit of the, the chicken and the egg, but you know, when it's, when it's meant to work out, it, it often does. I had another friend that was in a similar situation where he was scrambling, you know, looking for an agent and, um, and no one would read his stuff. And he, he even had managers. Um, and then it was a friend of his that was an agent's assistant got promoted and signed him. And so that's, you know, another, another way that it, you know, 
ends up working out. So it really is just the combination of hard work and, and timing um, and luck. <laughs> right. And also keeping up with every single person that you meet and, yeah. and keeping those relationships going. And along those lines, what do you do? You're obviously in a hub where you get to meet a lot of people and you've kind of had a really nice ride from college, but what would you say are the most important things to do to keep up with what's going on in Hollywood, who you need to know, how to plan your next moves, that type of thing? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's really important to, like you said, um, you know, stay in touch with your contacts. I also, uh, am a big advocate of kind of paying stuff forward, um, because, you know, Hollywood is such a cycle. So it's, you know, the people that you may be helping out, you know, yesterday could be hiring you the next day. Um, you know, so I, people that are graduating and stuff and, uh, or just moving to Hollywood, I'll, I'll, you know, meet for coffee and, and try to help them out and give them advice and introduce them to my contacts, you know, and I think that it's just, it's important to, stay in touch and, and work hard. And, you know, Deadline Hollywood is such a, and The Wrap, they're such, you know, good sources for what is going on in terms of like the deals and stuff like that and what shows are being sold and, and you know, and what the interest is in. And, you know, and I think it's important to stay on top of, of those things. You have to read all the trades and know who's making deals and what types of genres are being pushed right now because it seems like it's very cyclical in Hollywood. You know, one time everyone wants Westerns, one time everyone's looking for dramas or whatever it is. And then you can sort of either go with the trend or buck the trend, but at least know what the trends are. Yeah, it's important to know that. And it's also important to know, you know, what companies are like the big companies in play, you know, because it's like, now with Netflix and Amazon and Hulu all creating content, like that opens up a whole new world. And so, um, so it is, I think, really important to stay on top of, you know, not only the like creative trends of what's being bought and sold, but also the, the business trends too, because at the end of the day, this, this is a business, you know, and, and you need to be as educated as, as you can be. Well, and just something for you that you probably haven't done in a while, but say there's someone out there that you've just seen make a deal and you think your script would be great for it, but you don't know this person at all. Mm-hmm. How would you go about trying to make contact with them and getting, getting in front of them? Um, I think that it, you know, depends. I, you know, you try and play like the six degrees of separation game and see who, you know, um, that may know them and, you know, reach out to them that way. You could also look at who their representation is and try to reach out to them through that. But it's tough, you know, because, uh, you know, you, you don't want to be overly pushy and be reaching out to a complete stranger, you know, because at the end of the day, they're not going to, they're, they're not going to, you know, read your material that way. You need to, you know, see if there's a connection there. 
and are still a lot of them not taking unsolicited scripts so you can't just drop it off you actually have to have a representative yeah yeah i mean i think even the small boutique agencies and and production companies are are no you know not taking unsolicited scripts you know the other really great resource though if you if you don't have any connections and you're just starting out is there's so many screenwriting um and uh you know production uh, contests now that you can submit to. And that's a really great way of getting exposure and making contacts. And, you know, there's, there's so many resources for that. Um, you know, I've had friends that have gotten into festivals and have, uh, gotten deals because of that. And, um, and then friends that have gotten, uh, won screenwriting contests or have gotten into the finals for screenwriting contests and, you know, have gotten meetings because of that. So, you know, there are, there are a ton of resources for people that are just starting out and, you know, don't necessarily know anybody. What are a couple of the top contests that you would say? Um, I know a big one right now for TV is it's, uh, I believe it's the New York TV Film Festival. But I'll have to double check that. I don't know if that's exactly what it's called. Um, there's also Screenwriting Lab, which is great. And uh, there's, uh, you know, The Blacklist, which now has like a monthly um, thing where you can submit to. There, there's a bunch of them. I, I, I can maybe send you or we can provide a link after I okay. do a little bit more. Yeah, that would be <laughs> great. You know, it. yeah. it's interesting because they are always looking for new talent in Hollywood, yet they are also very protective of themselves. So it's a, it's a, it's kind of an interesting juggling match on how to get yourself seen um, through that sort of gauntlet that they put out there. Well, and I think also like now is a really, really great time in terms of, you know, the, the business, because there are so many outlets, um, and new, uh, you know, channels and stuff. There's more more channels on cable than there's ever been before. There's the web, you know, streaming services. There's independent movies. You know, people can go out there and make their own stuff now. Whereas, you know, ten years ago, that wasn't necessarily an option. My boyfriend, he's a cinematographer, and he, you know, is working every day on people that are making their own things, um, you know, and so it's, it's a really, really exciting time. You don't need to wait around and, and have someone buy something, you know, you can, you can start a fund or you can, you know, uh, make something really cheap and, you know, do it yourself. And I think that that's something that I've been focusing on this past year is, you know, trying to make my own stuff because there's such a gratification to seeing, you know, no matter how small it is, but to see something that you've created come to life. Um, Because I think that that is probably the most frustrating thing, especially when you're first starting out, is the waiting. And, you know, and, and we're in such a great time where you don't need to wait anymore. You could just do it. And, you know, um, you you aren't going to be making millions of dollars, but it doesn't mean that you won't down the line. Right. And you can have some control over it as well. Whereas Absolutely. when you sell your script, you you have basically just given it over. It's a rare writer that actually gets to participate in either the production or post-production of whatever they wrote. Yeah. So. And I think I think even... Even the best writers are going to be getting notes from some producer, some studio, some network, you know. So even if you are involved, you know, it, it, is, is, it is going to be shaped in a way that is not fully yours. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, yeah, but creating something yourself, you do have that complete control. So um, going back, can you tell me, you know, a typical fun Hollywood story or encounter or something that, that happened to you along the way that is kind of one of the reasons you get in the business in the first place? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I think for me, being a writer is, you know, it's it's always been something, you know, that I've wanted to do. And so I, I mentioned it briefly, but getting to do this web series, it was, um, you know, a the very first pilot that I ever wrote, um, it was something I wrote when I was 22 and, uh, I sent it to writer friend of mine and he read the script and he was like, you know, this is, um, this is such a great idea. Somebody is going to make it someday, but you are not a strong enough writer yet. And, you know, and he was very point blank with me and, and, you know, and I, I knew that. And, uh, you know, and he said, he's like, but, He's like, I think if you keep at it, this is going to be the script that teaches you to write. And so, you know, and I did. And and every year I revised it and there was a version of it where, you know, there was the dark and seedy HBO version. There was the CW version. There was, you know, a, a very straight up network sitcom version. And it taught me, you know, it really did teach me how to write and take notes and revise. And but the heart of the story stayed the same. And that same writer that, you know, gave me that advice, um, he and his wife had started a production company and they were looking for, you know, scripts and, you know, and I said, I'm like, well, you know, I still have that, that one script and, you know, I sent it to them and that was the, the script that they ended up making. So to have that, you know, experience of having someone say, you know, someone will make this someday and it actually be him, you know, was, was a very, um, surreal and wonderful experience, you know, and, and, uh, and we, we shot 42 pages in six days, had a, had a real crew, um, you know, it looked like a real set and everything. And then, um, on the last day, uh, you know, we, the cast and crew all gathered around and stuff and, and, you know, we, he, he had directed it. So he had thanked everybody and, uh, you know, and I, I had told them that story that, you know, he was the one that read the script so long ago and, you know, what a wonderful experience that it was actually being made and being made with him. So that, that is definitely a, a highlight for me. Um, and something that I will, I will treasure for a very, very long time. So, um, yeah, that is a, pinnacle of you know the whole process there yeah and then so do you have anything that you would do you would have done differently looking back yeah um you know I would honestly the thing that I would do differently is give myself a little bit more slack like because I think that I put so much pressure on myself, especially right, you know, coming out of college that, you know, well, if I'm not a working writer by, you know, this age, then, you know, I, I need to reconsider my career. Or if I'm not doing this, you know, by this age or making this amount of money. Um, and I think that this is a really funny business that there's no um, straight line to success. Like it, everyone has a different story, a different way that they've gotten there. Um, you know, and everyone is going to be, you know, some people are going to be further along than, than where you would want to be. And some people are going to be, you know, not as far along as you want to be. 
and so, you know, you kind of just have to pave your own road and, and be patient. But the only thing, you know, that you can do is, is work hard. And, you know, if you're a writer, write scripts. If you are a producer, find productions that you can be involved in. If you're a director, direct your own stuff, you know, do the things that you do have control over and the rest of everything will fall into place. So, so yeah, so if I could do one thing differently, I think I would tell my younger self to, to relax a little bit and not, you know, right. Enjoy the process. It's, yeah. it's all good. <laughs> and not compare myself with others, you know, cause that, that's also a really hard part when you, um, when you see friends that are, you know, achieving different things, you know, at different rates and, and, you know, and it's, uh, it can be a little daunting, but you, you can't compare because there are no comparisons in Hollywood. You know, everyone has their own path. Well, and if you if you just look at it even as an outsider, you can see that someone who's hot one minute will be just nobody will talk to him the next time. Yeah. And then, like you said, your friend had someone who was a, an assistant suddenly became an agent and got him in. I mean, yeah. that's the kind of crazy stuff that sort of keeps you hanging on there, even if things aren't working out exactly as you plan. And like you said, no straight line. It's it's uh, you have to keep plugging away and, and just keep doing it. And I like how you said, if you're, if you want to direct, direct, you know, make sure that you anoint yourself, whatever it is, say you're a writer, say you're a director, you know, just make it happen. Make sure you get a lot of experience doing it in any way you can. And uh, don't wait for someone else to tell you that that's, that's what you are. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. You, you need to go out and do, you know, what you're going to do and what you have control over doing. Well, that was great advice and good to hear your story. And I wish you the best of luck and thank um, you. And more of those great moments where you uh, make that uh, script into a produced product. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. (laughs) If you're, if you want to direct, direct, you know, make sure that you, anoint yourself, whatever it is, say you're a writer, say you're a director, you know, just make it happen. Make sure you get a lot of experience doing it in any way you can. And uh, don't wait for someone else to tell you that that's, that's what you are. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. You, you need to go out and do, you know, what you're going to do and what you have control over doing. Well, that was great advice and good to hear your story and i wish you the best of luck and thank um, you and more of those great moments where you uh make that uh script into a produced product that's fantastic yeah Yeah, thank you (laughs) for more information on writer's resources go to chocolife.com